it's not exactly your everyday passage for a vision series, you know, where it's usually when you talk about vision, it's like, yeah, this is what we need to do and this is what we want to accomplish for the Lord and all these things for this next year. And it's kind of like a rah-rah fest, you know, to get us going and ready for the new year. But I think, you know, as you just, as I just kind of meditate on the scripture and thought about it, it, what came to mind was just something that's been a part of my life as a healthy practice. Um, and that's to just go back and ask why. Whenever you come across a problem in life, um, instead of reacting against it, go back and, and ask why. Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. This is our weekly video where we go a little bit deeper on our Sunday's sermon. Uh, if you didn't catch this past Sunday's sermon, Pastor Mike taught, it was the third and final week of our vision series for 2022. In this series, we looked at the church in Ephesus in the book of Acts, then in Ephesians, and finally in this last message, we looked at the book of Acts in Revelation in that letter which was written by Jesus to the church. And so um, Pastor Mike taught this past week, so I'm taking this role. He's taken the role of answering the questions uh, that I'm going to pose to him. Uh, if you didn't hear this week's message, you can find it on our church website, whitefieldschurch.com. You can go there and download it. You can also find it on any of your favorite podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. So we'd love for you to hear that sermon and connect with it. Um, but again, this is the area where we, this is the time when we go a little bit deeper. We ask some questions, kind of follow-up questions, and maybe even give some opportunity for things which uh, got edited out. They got left on the cutting room floor, if you will, uh, from the sermon. And so, Mike, the title of your message was A Community Persevering in the Gospel. That was kind of our, our theme throughout this series. So we first talked about a community transformed by the gospel. Then we saw a community living out the gospel. And then finally, you talked about a community persevering in the gospel. And as we said, those are the things that we aspire to be. But here's the thing. Here in uh, Ephesians, sorry, Revelation chapter 2, this letter to the Ephesian church kind of seems like a letter to a church that's in decline. It's almost like a warning. Well, it's a distinct warning to them. It says, if you don't change, your lampstand will be removed. Um, so, Mike, why would we use a example of a church in decline to speak about vision for our church moving forward? Well, that's a great question, and it's definitely one I pondered when I realized I would be teaching on this particular topic. I'm like, hmm, this, this is not exactly your everyday passage for a vision series, you know, where it's usually when you talk about vision, it's like, yeah, this is what we need to do and this is what we want to accomplish for the Lord and all these things for this next year. And it's kind of like a rah-rah fest, you know, to get us going and ready for the new year. But I think, you know, as you just, as I just kind of meditate on the scripture and thought about it, it's, what came to mind was just something that's been a part of my life as a healthy practice. Um, and that's to just go back and ask why. Whenever you come across a problem in life, um, instead of reacting against it, go back and, and ask why. Why Why is this happening? Why am, why am I here? What, what brought me to this place? And just that question why, the idea of just examining yourself and, and, and uh, going back to the beginning. And, and that kind of for me in, in many ways, it was, it was a, kind of a paradox that in order for us as a church to persevere in the gospel as a Christian, 
we need to go back to the first things that, that Jesus talks about. Go back, he says, remember, repent, and, and do, do the first things. And what are those first things? And, and many, here we are at the beginning of a year, and, and we're, at, we're headed, headed, you know, through this year, we've got a lot of things that we want to do, but what is the key for us to persevere in those things for this year? Well, it's to go back to the first things, you know, go back to Jesus, go back to the author of our faith, the author and finisher, and and uh, understand why we're at this place, who is our source, who's going to lead us forward, and these kind of things, you know, seeking the voice of God. And, and so, you know, and the Bible talks about that, examining yourself, and, and uh, you know, in 2 Peter, he says also to you know, confirm your calling election because if you practice these qualities, Peter says, if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. And that's just a great, that's not for me a warning. That's, that's a great, uh, uh, you know, encouragement that we, we don't have to reinvent the wheel in order to persevere in the gospel. What we do need to do is continue to go back to the source of our salvation. And what better time to do it than at the beginning of the year? It's what everybody's doing. We're, everybody's making New Year's resolutions to do better and to think, and they're always thinking about what they did last year, now what we're going to do this year. And Well, as Christians, why not do the exact same thing? Why not just stop and say, why am I here? What are we doing as a church? Should we be doing this as a church? Should we be doing that? Should I be doing this as a Christian? Are there some things in my life that I need to turn off that are uh, hurdles, barriers to, to my walk this year, to growing in the Lord? Do I need to make time for things? It's just, I think, it's just a great healthy practice. That's practices. It's practiced in business. It's practiced everywhere. And yet, some many times as Christians, we don't. It's just common sense to, to stop and say, you know, I need to go back to the beginning. And it's not a step backwards. It's actually a step forward, which is the paradox. You know, you know it's actually not unprecedented to take a, an example like, like we're looking at a church in decline. It wouldn't be unprecedented for, for us to do that. I mean, even in our modern times, it's really common for people who practice life planning, goal setting, uh, vision casting for themselves or defining vision. You know, oftentimes they'll say, uh, you know, go in your mind to the day of your funeral. What do you want to be said about you? Uh, go to your mind to the day when one of your kids walks out the door for the last time to move away for whatever, you know, whatever's next for them. What do you want them to know or what do you want them to believe, etc.? And then work backwards from that. Well, this is kind of similar, right? Like Jesus wrote letters to these seven churches. What kind of letter would we hope that he would mm -hmm. write to us? Yeah. Um, and so I think it's great. Um, here's one question for you. The church in Ephesus in this letter, they were commended for having good doctrine, right? As opposed to the next church in line yeah, who... Pega, Pergamus, yeah. Yeah, Pergamum, <clears throat> right? Pergamum, yeah. Yeah, they had... Uh, they actually bought into the teaching of the Nicolaitans, whatever that was. Yeah. And the Ephesian church, they hated the teaching of Nicolaitans. In other words, so they eschewed false doctrine. They, they had good doctrine. They had good mm. works. And yet what they were criticized for almost feels like a, a stab to the heart, right? But you've lost your first love. And, um, and thankfully, he does give them a solution for that, a mm -hmm. prescription for what to do. But here's my question for you. We as a church obviously are a church that cares a lot about right doctrine. And we would say that doctrine matters immensely. It matters immensely that we get things right. We want to be accurate in our theology. Um, 
in many ways, right? We want to be accurate in our works. We want to say, you know, we're doing the right things. We're believing the right things. And we spend a lot of time studying the Bible, talking theology in these videos. So how do we avoid uh, getting right theology and losing our hearts? Yeah, no, I think that's an excellent question. And, and some have surmised that that was kind of where they got into trouble was that their doctrine didn't lead, lead to love for others, which was kind of a hallmark of the Ephesian church. If you read in, in Ephesians chapter three, Paul says, your love for the saints is what is spoken about you. You know, he's, but it seems that that had been lost, you know, and, and Ephesians is a great doctrinal letter, you know, so they, but, and I think that's the key right there is that does your orthodoxy, does your doctrine lead to love for your neighbor? Does it lead or, uh, you know, to you growing in love for, for not only your church, but for the world, the lost? The, and, and I think that that's the questions that we need to, to, need to ask. You know, it's very, it can be very easy to get just caught up in getting everything right and lose the entire point. And, you know, we, we see it today, many times, a lot of uh, videos and things out there of people, you know, they, they're speaking out against this and speaking out against that. And I've watched a lot of them. I know you've probably watched some of the two and they're, they're important. They're important to, to, to speak out against uh, false doctrine and, and against uh, heresies that are in the church. And those are, those are really important. But I know for me, there has been times where I've got caught up in that, where I realized that what this is doing to me, it's not creating love in my heart for, for, for those people. I start to despise that particular church because this is what they're into instead of praying for that church or those kind of things. And, and, you know, I've just learned over the years that when that's happened, that the Lord's saying, if you take care of your heart, I'll take care of that. You know, now if it's, there are people that are called to these kind of discernment ministries and that's their thing. But I think for the majority of us, we're, our doctrine is, is for that, is to love our neighbor and to love the world as Christ died, that for the world that he died for. And that, that's what our doctrine and orthodoxy should be leading us to. It's just a greater heart because that's God's heart. That's God's heart for the, those people that they would repent and that they would turn. And that's, that should be our heart as well. And, I, and from my perspective, yeah, your doctrine, your orthodoxy, everything should be leading to a greater love for your neighbor and a greater love for the world. And yeah, we need to love doctrine, but where does it lead you? You know, and mm -hmm. that's, I guess that's the question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, um, there's that aspect. I also think that when he's talking about, he's talking about losing your first love, go back and do the things you did at first. That's a good question. Is he speaking about love for others, love for the world? Is he speaking about love for God? Yeah, Passion for sure. Passion yeah. desire and love for God. And, and so, you know, one of the things I love that John Piper uh, said that I, I read, I, I can't remember where he, he wrote it, but it was, it's always stuck with me. He said, doctrine is fuel for worship. If you just tell people, hey, let's worship or worship some more, right? Eventually you kind of run out of gas in the tank unless you put gas in the tank and the gas in the tank is doctrine, right? So as you focus on who God is, it, it should fuel worship in your life. Now, so maybe you could speak into that. I know that you, of course, have a lot of thoughts on worship uh, as, as you, you know, are excellent at not only leading in worship, but understanding why it's important and, and how, it, how it works. So, I mean, talk to us about this. Number one, uh, how is it that some people, if doctrine is fuel for worship, why is it that some people 
can get really into doctrine and not, it doesn't lead to worship in their life. And on the other hand, um, how can we use doctrine as fuel for worship in, mm-hmm. in a good way? Well, on Sunday, I began my sermon just looking at just that picture that that we have of Jesus in, in uh, verse 1 of chapter 2, that he is holding the pastors in his hands and he's walking among the churches. And just that idea that God is near, he's not afar off. And that's that's an aspect of his nature. And that, you know, that word holding, he's holding carefully, faithfully, firmly. And because I now know that about the Lord, that he is near, he's not just up on his throne somewhere, but he is here with us. And he's watching over carefully, loving his churches. And he cares to send a letter to me. That just causes me to love the Lord even more. And when that when I caused me to love him even more, it, I want to express that somehow to him. And the way I can do that is not only through my actions towards my neighbor, but it's coming together with the body of Christ and just singing and, and just loving the Lord. And, and I've talked about this before. It's just that time when we come into the sanctuary and we come together with the body of Christ uh, and we just sing those songs, there's no other destination we've arrived. We're in the presence of the Lord. And I, I spoke about on Sunday of just being present in his presence. Don't don't think of anything else, but just focus that, you know, that idea of all that doctrine, all that, what he's done and, and the cross and his sacrifice and what we feel for that and just sing out, you know, and the Psalms are filled with that. It was a reaction so many times as you read the Psalms, you know, Moses wrote a song, you know, they were saved uh, from the Egyptians. It was written down. They sang it out. It's a just way, great way, whether you can sing or not, it's just a great way just to express that doctrine. And we love to sing Christ-centered, gospel-centered songs here and respond to those. And and just by saying, I love you, Lord, I want to serve you, Lord. And, you know, because of this and because of that and because of this part of your nature. And and I think it's just a great way for, for us as a church to to gather and express our love for the Lord and return. And, and that's, I think for us, for me personally, that's a great indicator that if I'm distracted or I just don't necessarily feel that that I need to check my heart and it's like I have something to be excited about whether I'm having a good day or not you know I I can pour out my heart to the Lord this morning and by doing that I'm even that's even that's an act of worship in itself I'm just being obedient to him um, because I'm in his presence. He's God and I'm not. And, and I, you know, so that, that was just some, something that kind of, as you said, lay on the cutting room floor. It just wasn't time for, <laughs> for it to talk about. But I think it's just encouragement to anybody in a congregation or uh, that when you come into the, when you come in with uh, God's people, that just don't worry about what's going on. Just be present in his presence and let, just be realized that's your destination for that day. You're there in the presence of God and just tell him your heart worship sing respond to him for all of those good things that he's he's done and and, and sometimes when a church i feel is maybe not there and it's kind of like a time of singing i think unfortunately maybe the doctrine is is has become too important instead of that language of love just singing through you know singing to the lord and and uh, so that's just something to be careful as of of is that you know well do we have the right instruments? Do we have the right people? Do we have the right dress? Do we have the right lights? Do we have the right atmosphere? Do we have all the right stuff? Well, sometimes that doesn't even matter. And I know from my perspective, when I'm out in the congregation, I've been doing this so long that it's 
difficult for me to switch off the analytical part of my brain when I'm looking at the stage, I'm listening to the songs, and my brain is telling me this could be better, this could be better, this could be, what were they doing there? And for me, it's I have to be present in his presence and say, I couldn't care less. I'm going to sing these songs, and I'm going to just worship the Lord and tell him I love him. And so, you know, there's just some things to think about, you know, as, as you think of that topic of, of doctrine and where it leads us back to a love for God and a love for people. Mm, that's great. Hey, if you missed Sunday's sermon, again, you can go and download it on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. You can also find it on our YouTube page. If you haven't yet subscribed to that, really encourage you to do so. Uh, you can also find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. And if you are using uh, particularly Apple Podcasts, if you would leave us a written rating and review, that really boosts us in the algorithm and helps other people find our content who are searching for uh, good gospel-centered Bible teaching and answers to questions that they're asking. And so we really appreciate that. Um, tune in next week. We'll be with you again soon. God bless you. <laughs>